Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical. For the very best in shoes and boots, go to www.lalo.com and use the code Maximus20 for a 20% off discount. We're also sponsored by the fine people at Nitor Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. For the very best in whey protein, go to nitorperformance.com, use the code Maximus Podcast for 20% off. Again, we like the number 20% for some yeah, reason. It's a good number, good round number. Today, Joe, we are going to talk about making the perfect workout. Right. Uh, we did, and I cannot remember for the life of me what episode it was. Do you I, remember? I think it was 20. Okay, we did a 20, we'll call it. It might have been 19, might have been uh-huh. 21, uh, but episode 20 we'll go with. It was called Training Plans, and mm-hmm. we did, I'm going to say, a 10,000-foot bird's-eye view of what a training plan will take. Yes. Think of it as uh, simplified training plans for mm-hmm. people to help mm-hmm. you guys out with some information. And we've been flooded by questions on, I guess, how to build the perfect workout. Yeah. Um, because it's one thing to have a training plan, but most people really, Joe, aren't that plan. They just want to go into the gym, get a good workout and go home. What we talked about in the that podcast was everything's kind of dependent upon goals. And so if you have very general goals, you don't need a very specific training program. And I think people get, they get stuck in this idea that there's like a perfect way to train. And so we, yeah. we, we kind of have to find a way to help people cut through that, that muck and get down to brass tacks so that when they do walk into the gym on a Tuesday afternoon, or whenever they're they have a clue they have an idea what they're working on and why yeah and they and they may not need at that point i mean if your goals are general and i think we joked in the last podcast about your goals are to just look good naked yeah or be a better dad or be better at work you might not need some convoluted training program maybe just having a single workout is good enough Mm -hmm. and i don't mean single workout let me be clear about that i don't think you should just do one workout for the rest of your life (laughs) But maybe just going in and doing a workout and then showing up another day and doing another workout, maybe that's good enough. Yeah. So we teach, and Joe, we teach very similar things in this regard. We use kind of the same format when it comes to training. We divide, I guess, our training session into various components. And so today we're going to go over the five components of a training session. The first one, and we'll get right down to business here, is the general warm-up. Yeah, we talked about this briefly in the other podcast, and and we even had joked that, gosh, we could do a whole podcast on each of these sections. So we're going to try to get through as much of this as we can. But the the general warm-up really is important um, on a lot of levels. Um, The first is because of exactly what it is. It's the warm-up. It's a chance to to physiologically warm your body up, right? You can't train at your potential if you're not not ready for that. And I think in the the Fear podcast, we talked about uh, capacity versus potential, right? And it's like, if you're not warming up, you're not even at your capacity, much less pushing into into new territory. So you, you really have to take that time. And that, again, it's just an absolute must. Yeah. And we, we've talked about, Joe, I think I, we, we actually said this and we'll refer to the other podcast a lot, but mm-hmm. you always get a goofball at a seminar that's like, well, lions don't warm up <laughs> if they chase after prey. Well, you're yeah. not a fucking lion. Yeah. yeah, Your body is going to work better if it's warm. The example I always give people is when you get out of bed with sore legs, it's really hard to move around. You may experience some pain. You may experience some cramping. 
the more you walk around, what happens? Your legs loosen up and they work better. Yeah. It's the same thing for your workout. Warm muscles are going to work better than cold muscles. Yeah. So get used to getting more output. But there's another reason physiologically you want to do this. And it's something we'll call the volume principle. A lot of people, and we'll reference the 2000 meter row for seven minutes standard. Yeah. We have a, a standard in the gym. Joe and I use the same standard. It's 2000 meters on a concept two rower. Let's be clear about that. Four, seven minutes. That's the goal. If yep. you get under seven minutes, you hit the standard. Over seven minutes, you don't hit it. This is one of the standards people have a hard time achieving. And a lot of the reason is because they just don't spend enough time on a rower. That's exactly right. I do feel like if you do spend quite a bit of time on the rower, it's not a super difficult standard to achieve. It's not difficult. Now, concept two, the reason we use that rower is honestly because we're just used to it. I've got nothing personal against the water rower, Mm -hmm. but I want you guys to know, uh, and and Joe, you might know the conversion. I don't. The water rower, it's it's not that it's, it's a lesser rower than the concept two. There's just a different time standard on it. Yeah. So yeah. seven minutes on a concept two is harder than a seven minute 2K on a water rower. Yeah. So I don't know if you have to hit a 640 on a water rower, a 630. I haven't used it enough to even even begin to tell yeah, you, but I, just, I just know that. I liken it to fan bikes too, right? There's a big difference between an Airdyne and an Airfit and an Air Assault bike. Like they, they don't all count calories the same. And so when, when you have a standard of saying like, oh, you've got to hit, you know, 68 calories calories in a minute on a fan bike. Well, if you hop on an Airfit, that's very, very different than if you're on one of the like old school Airdynes. Or yeah, like, for uh, sure. Or the, the, the Airsoft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which just, is really different. difficult. Yeah. So but, it's, it's, uh, it's to the, a specific machine. And so I think the Concept 2 thing is because that's the standard. Yeah. And that's just the one that we've always used. Yeah. Um, and it's a machine. I mean, we endorse without getting paid by them. I mean, it yeah. is a quality machine. I've got no problem with it. So yeah. 2,000 meters, seven minutes. But the reason a lot of people fail that is they just don't spend enough time on the rower. Now, Concept2 is a company, and that's why I brought Concept2 up. They have the special pin that you can get, Joe, that's if you hit a million meters, yeah. Yeah. you get the special reward, right? And it's a bit of an honor system, but they have a login system. You can, you can put your workouts into the computer, and when you hit a million meters, they send this pin out. And a lot of people never hit that million meters. Any year. Well, if you were to work out five days a week, so we'll say about 300 days a year, and you were to just do 5,000 meters as a warm up, that's about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You'd hit 1.5 million meters in a year. Yeah. For the most part, that's more meters than people have rode in their entire lives. And uh-huh. that's in the, in the, in the warm up. Like it's not even part of your workout at that point. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could relate that running. If you want to run a marathon or you want to be a better runner, run for your warm up every day. So there is a certain volume principle that pick the thing that you want to be good at. If it's rowing, row for your warm up. Mm-hmm. If you've got, uh, I think you've done one of these, one of those stair climb things. Yeah. Uh, where you climb stairs in a building for yep. charity. Yeah. Uh, in, in Toronto, we have like climb the CN Tower, which mm-hmm. is a huge tower with a huge stairway. If you want to train for stairs, do stairs for a warm up. Yeah. I tell you this, if you had to climb 2000 stairs every day just to get to work, like showing up for a charity event where you climb 2000 steps is just another day at the office, right? Exactly. If you want to run a marathon or you have a, uh, we've gotten this question a lot too about how do I prepare for a police physical Mm -hmm. or how do I prepare for a military physical? Well, if running is part of the physical, why not run for your warm up every day? You're going to get better just by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to show up on, on testing day, not having done the thing you're, you're being tested on. No. Right? 
So that's that's why you would pick the warm up. If it's an elliptical, pick an elliptical, but make sure it relates to your goals. Mm-hmm. I, as a general rule, Joe, go for running or rowing. Yeah, uh, running I think is the most transferable to any sport. Yeah, I agree with that because you're going to run, right? Football, yeah. soccer, basketball, baseball. There's always some form of running. Well, and frankly, I just I want to be good at running in life because Lord knows if I should have to run like for my life, I want to have practiced that. I don't want to yeah, be figuring it out. Something. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's it's also and I say this I'm somebody that doesn't really like running so I'm 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 not necessarily biased in the situation I will say this about running it's the most natural human movement we're yes. meant to be bipedal we're meant to move around on two legs I would pick running but if you want to be a better rower pick rowing right and, and I'd say too um, like let let's say you've got a, a mud run or something that you're training for and you're doing a lot of running running is fairly high impact. And so if you start yes. getting really beat down, like maybe then you start mixing in some elliptical or a stair climber, A, to just change it up and B, to, to give your body a little bit of a rest from that impact. Like nothing wrong with that either. So you can kind of dial that up and down depending on on where you're at with your training and with your recovery. For sure. Now, we we did a volume calculation for the rower. We talked about 1.5 million meters. Mm-hmm. If you were to just run a mile a day for a warm up, Joe, that would take an average person 10 to 12 minutes. Right. That's 300 miles a year. If you just worked out 300 times. That's Monday to Friday divided by 26.2. That's the equivalent of 11 and a half marathons. Yeah. Just warm. So that's up. good. Yeah. Right. That's and that's good. just warming up. So that's how you get good at running. There's one more thing that I want to talk to you about, Joe, that the warmup's good for though. And it's the psychological benefit of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. We've, we've referenced the time in a week before it's 168 hours. If you're only working out for three or four of those, you have to make the absolute most of your time. And I was in a global gym recently and looked around. Everyone's on their phone. Mm-hmm. They're reading magazines. They're they're talking to the cute girl or guy at the water fountain. They're watching TV. There's not a lot of hard work going on. Right. People get distracted too. I mean, I've been a victim of this where I'm in the gym and rather than thinking about my workout, I'm thinking about our podcast. Yeah. I'm on a business call, I'm thinking about my wife, I'm thinking about my kids, I'm thinking about some other stressor, it makes my time in the gym less valuable. So what I tell people to do is hop on a machine or go for a run for 10 to 20 minutes for your general warm up. I don't think it needs to go longer than 20 minutes. I think mm-hmm. it gets to be overkill, Yeah. but I would go for a minimum of 10. Uh, and in that regard, I think 20 is better than 10 because the more volume, the better. Right. You're just going to run into some time constraints. If you only have an hour to train, I don't think you want to spend 20 minutes in a warm up. Right. Yeah. That yeah. one's going to have to be done pretty, pretty quickly. Right. Yep. But use that time to do some form of, of mental readiness, uh, meditation to focus yourself, to forget the world outside of the gym and get ready for the task at hand. That's going to help you get a lot out of your workout. Yeah, absolutely. And and going back to what you said, like 10 minutes versus 20, I think when you get to the end of the 10 minutes, you should be going hard enough to be sweaty, not like yep. crawling off of a, a treadmill or, or like, you know, dying at the end. But like you should be sweaty. You should be warm. You should be you know breathing. You should be ready to rock at that point. And so I think yes, if, if sure. all you've got is 10 minutes, you're probably going to go a little bit harder. And you yep. and you could keep that pace and start kind of working up to 20 minutes. I mean, that will get you fitter as well. Um, another concept I like uh, uh, about the, the psychology of it, I, I go back to my Taekwondo days at the university. And we used to start every practice with a quiet meditation. And that was exactly that. And my, my coach used to say, it's kind of like taking the desk at work 
and just wiping everything off the desk. I say, I'm not focusing on this stuff now. Just wipe it all off. And now I'm yep. here to work on my, my martial arts skills, right? And, and that habit is actually really, really good because then you show up, you're ready to work. You're ready to do something. And the warm-up, again, important physiologically, important psychologically, but just think about it mathematically. If you come into the gym and let's say you're you're maybe a little distracted, maybe you're not quite as warm as you could be. I mean, maybe you even push really hard, but you're going to top out at maybe like an 80% effort. And if I could get you 10% more effort out of each day that you work out, that'd be a 10% gain at the end of the year, right? If you come yeah, in and you huge. work out 80% every day for a year versus somebody who's working out at 90, like who's going to be fitter at the end of the year? And so you've got to try to squeeze as much out of yourself as you can every time you come into the gym. And like you said, you've only got so much time, you've got to get everything you can out of it. And so that warm up is super, super significant and just mathematically increasing your output. Yeah, for sure. And that and that slight edge, if we want to call it the slight edge principle, it's funny that people don't buy into it when it's related to fitness, right? Yeah. They don't they don't think it's enough bang for your buck. But if you told a Fortune 500 company you could increase your profits by 10%, they would be all over it. I mean, yeah. that would be that would be life-changing to yeah. a degree for a lot of people. Absolutely. So the general warm-up, get it done and take time. There's one other thing that you mentioned too, that you don't want to be crawling off the machine when you get done your warm-up. I mean, it is the warm-up. And yeah. I always say nobody wins the warm-up. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Joe, one of my big pet peeves is when people just lollygag and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. You can't go so slow that you don't get a workout effect. Otherwise, why warm up? Yeah, exactly. And I'll see this. Two people on machines just chit-chatting, mm-hmm. not doing anything. Like at that point, just go for a walk or start your workout. Yeah. You've got to actually get warm. So I use kind of the – and you mentioned it earlier, the the sweat rule. Like mm. get a bit of a sweat. Get hot. So once you're done your general warm-up, you're going to move on to something that – we've called this different names over the years, specific mm-hmm. warm-up, uh, accessory work. I guess is what you could call it. Um, We liken it to kind of performing a tune-up on your car. Uh, And this is an area where you're actually going to start lifting some kind of weight or doing some type of movement drill. I want to clarify the difference because you don't have to always lift weights. Right. There's plenty of body weight stuff or mobility stuff that you can do. This is, I I guess, a portion of the training session where you're going to work on your weaknesses. You know, you, you can work on aspects of your fitness that you really want to work on. So if your sport requires single leg training, you could do some single leg exercises. If your sport requires shoulder mobility, I trained a cricket player once. He mm-hmm. uh, plays for the KK Riders, uh, which is a big professional team. And he's a professional cricketer, I guess would be the <laughs> Cric- term to call it. I don't know. <laughs> Cricketeer. Uh, I'm not sure what that's called. Um, there's some cricket vans out there shrugging uh, their shoulders are just right now. But for him, shoulder health and mobility were super important. Yeah. So we would do a lot of shoulder health and mobility stuff. If you're a skier, and I do train an Olympic hopeful right now uh, in skiing, um, we do with uh, her, her name's Whitney Garden. We do a lot of core stability work. Mm, yeah. Because that's super important for skiing. She does ski cross. Um, and, and so you could take whatever you need for your sport or your task and fit it into this section. Yeah, I'd like to, to liken this to practice. So if you have specific things you need to be good at, you want to practice those while you're still fresh and, and able to perform them well. And so a lot of that kind of stuff, I think this is the time to fit it in because you don't want to I, I think about like shooting free throws if you're a basketball player. Like 
you kind of want to be really good at free throws, but if all you ever do is practice them at the end of a really grueling workout, you're probably not going to be as good as if you actually practice them when you're fresh. And so you have to kind of balance that equation out a little bit. So I think for somebody who is like a skier, like it's so important that they have that core stability and the, and the ability to kind of correct their, their posture. And this is a great place to get that in there and make it sports specific. Um, again, using the, the, the phrase practice also means you're not beating yourself to a pulp with this stuff. You're still kind of warming up. You're still getting ready for an actual workout, for a challenge to come. And so it can't be so much that it leaves you blasted because, again, we got to hit the workout at our high percent. And so this is where I like to sneak in the things that you'd otherwise neglect that are really, really important. So I, I think for most people, whether whether you're a cricketeer or not, uh, shoulder mobility is something that definitely needs to be in your your program, right? So get it in here, put it in in this well, part, and, and never ever miss it. And it's kind of funny that you say that because we all want our task to be unique, or we all want our sport to be unique. Mm-hmm. That I need some special fitness to be a football player or a basketball player. Right. The funny thing is, I've worked with a lot of athletes, NFL players, NBA players, uh, an Olympic skeleton. That's basically the luge, but face first. I think that's fucking crazy, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Olympic skiers, professional fighters. Guess what every single person needs? Single leg strength and core stability. Yes. Yeah. Well, every single person needs shoulders. Bruce Lee said it best, right? He was like, human beings are just human beings. You know, until there's a man born with like six arms and 12 legs, we all kind of move the same way. So it's not like one person has such a unique movement patterning required for a particular task, right? Like athleticism is athleticism. In fact, I have a standard that I like to use in the gym. And that is if it doesn't look athletic, it's not athletic and you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yep. And so I think we we innately know if something is an actually like applicable athletic maneuver and we can tell the difference between that and goofy stuff. And it is funny to me because I do go to the gym and I see people doing all kinds of goofy stuff. And it's like yep. that that doesn't look like anything. It it looks like you're, you know, you're humping a kettlebell, dude. Like settle down. Yeah. Well, I, I have a challenge for you, Joe. Sure. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. Name me a sport off the top of your head that shoulder health is not important for. I'll, hmm. I'll, I'll save this. I'll help you. I win. You can't name me, name me a sport that single leg strength is not important for. I, I yeah. win again. Yeah. <laughs> name yeah. me a sport that you don't need core stability. Like these things are universal truths. And then mm-hmm. I suppose you could be the person that's listening to the podcast right now and says, wait, 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 I don't play a sport. I'm, I'm just a dad. Well, do you think shoulder health is important to being a dad? Yeah, you got to pick your kids up. You got to play with them at the playground. You got to carry groceries. You got to do yard work. I want to have healthy shoulders. I remind a lot of my my clients that the the day that you can't put the dishes in the in the cupboard is the day you need yep. to go to a nursing home because you can't take care of yourself anymore. That's exactly it. Core stability. I did a bunch of landscaping on the weekend. I was shocked at how much it taxed my core. It's something you just need for life. So these are universal truths. So if I was going to build a specific warm-up, I want single leg work. I want shoulder health work. I want mobility work. And I want core stability. Yeah. For sure. I want to see those things. Now, you could divide them doing single leg work on leg days, Mm -hmm. shoulder health and mobility on upper body days. That would be a fine way to divide them. But you don't have to. You just have to make sure, as you alluded to, you don't want to do – so much work in the specific warm up that you can't 
attend properly to the main event of the day. Right. Yeah. So in that case, the the easy example is you're supposed to lift, I don't know, five sets of three deadlifts at 80% of your one rep max. If you're blasted from the specific warmup and you can no longer lift five sets of three reps at 80%, you did too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right? you, you may not know exactly how much is enough or how much is too much when you start out doing this stuff. So you kind of have to play with it a little bit and, and learn as you go. Yeah, for sure. And and you just said it. I mean, great. People are all worried about building this perfect thing on paper. Try out a specific warm up, do some exercises. And if it makes you too tired, do less the next time. If you feel like you didn't do enough, do more the next time. I mean, it's not rocket science. People want to be really complicated with this stuff. You kind of learn by doing. Well, and I think you know, that, that and, in the gym, that's so true. And I've, I've likened it to learning a language, right? The more you, you use it, the more you're surrounded by it, the more you're in it, the better you get at it. And so as you're coming into the gym and, and you're, you're experimenting on yourself is, is really what you're doing. It's a laboratory. Uh, and you're seeing what kind of results you get. And based on the results you get, you know how to dial things up, dial things down. You know, you might find that uh, uh, warming up with some single leg deadlifts is really good and you actually lift more. And then if you try to do like uh, like pistols or single leg squats, that might just be way too hard for you. And so you're like, well, OK, I guess I'm not going to do that as part of my my specific warm up might save that for later in the workout for the end. And and by the way, this stuff can change over time. Yeah. And, and it should change over time. If you've got bad shoulder health and you work at it for six to eight weeks, you should be able to fix it. And then maybe it doesn't become as much of a main component of that specific warm up later on. Yeah. Maybe you move on to another weakness. But ideally, you're progressing. If you've been working on your shoulder mobility for a year and you haven't seen any progress, you're doing it all wrong or you're not trying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What kind of exercises could we do here? Uh, I, I guess with shoulder health and mobility, we do shoulder dislocates. I love overhead holds. I love overhead yeah. carries, <laughs> you know, single leg stuff. I like doing single leg squats off of a box. Yeah. I'm a Pistols big fan can of be good. Yep. Lunges are a relatively simple go-to exercise for a lot of people in the gym. Well, I like to, if I think about what my, my main workout is, I kind of break it down, right? So if I'm doing squats, um, for my main workout, I might do, like you said, single leg squats to a box or to a bench as part of the warm up. So I'm kind of doing the, the unilateral version of the bilateral movement, if that makes sense. So I'm going to be yep. deadlifting, like doing some single leg deadlifts is a great way to kind of warm up on both sides and make sure that all the, the pieces are, are moving and all the structure is ready for the, the big load to come later. That's for sure. It's a, it, it, it's a good point. So it can be very similar. I, I think what you're saying is it can be similar yeah. to what's in your actual main event of the day. Well, if all you've got is like five minutes to warm up and let's say you're doing a bench day, well, your warm up might just be warming up to your, your working weight. You, you might yes. not have time for a whole lot of other stuff. So that would be the kind of the logical thing. But yep. again, if you've got some time and you really want to work things out, like doing some some uh, overhead presses, some some holds, uh, what is the, the five minutes hold on one side, press on the other, dumbbell hell? Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, that could be a specific warm up depending on, on what you're trying to achieve that day. Yeah. So there's and, there's and a lot of different ways to kind of to play with this. And, and again, the more you do it, the more you know what is what's good for you. Well, and there's two things I want people to understand. One, if you have no clue what the hell you're doing, there's a lot of resources out there. Copy mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. Go to Joe's website. Go to my website. Go find a trainer on Instagram and try some of the things they're doing out for yourself. You can't just look at something and not 
try it out because you don't have the knowledge. The only yeah. way you're going to learn is by doing. And I feel that way about a lot of stuff, Joe. Now that I own a house, I've got to learn a bunch of stuff that I never had to learn before yeah. because I can't call a plumber every time there's a minor problem. I, I can't I had call to, an electrician I had to hang, Yeah, I was time. just going to say electrician because I had to hang a ceiling fan yesterday on the long yep. weekend. And it's like, well, I better I better be able to figure out like which is the ground wire and which is you know the yeah. black wire to the black wire, the white to the white. Like that makes sense to me. But at a certain point, you you do start to learn these things, even even if you didn't intend to. Yeah, and and just by owning a house, so it's the same thing as working out. Follow some people on Instagram and just copy what they do and figure it out for yourself. The second thing is you talked about time. Mm-hmm. A lot of these individual components of a training session are time restricted to a degree. Most people don't have four hours a day to train. So you might only spend 10 minutes on the general warm-up. You might only spend 10 minutes on the specific warm-up. But I want to make it known as a general rule that more time, the better. Yes. Yeah. You're probably going to be able to accomplish more in an hour and a half than just an hour. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can't do it in an hour, but it's just a rule of life. If you want to get better, you've got to do more. Somebody uh, had, had said something to me about like, oh, well, you're supposed to get all your workouts in in under an hour. And the response was like, look at every really good athlete in every sport ever. And you mean to tell me that they would be better if they only worked out one hour a day? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like what Michael Phelps ran, yeah. or sorry, not ran. He's I'm sure he's good at running. He's fit yeah. enough to be. But 1300 hours a year, he swam for 10 years straight. Yeah. If you were to divide that by a 52 week year, that's 25 hours a week. Like the man lives in a pool. Yeah. That's why he won that many gold medals. He's, 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 you know, the amount of time you're working, he's spending in the water. Yeah. So of course he's one of the best in the world. And that number, you know, the general number, uh, there's a guy named Steven Seiler that did a research report on this, that that kind of quantified all the hours that athletes train. And the general number is a thousand hours a year for 10 years. A thousand hours a year is a lot, Joe. That's yeah. 20 hours a week. Yep. So so my question is, you guys are all out there listening to the podcast, complaining how you're not fit and you want to be better. When's the last time you spent 20 hours a week in a gym? Yeah. You know, if you only have an hour, you got to do the best you can. But the more work, the better. So moving on. Uh, now it's for the main, I guess we'll talk about the main event of the training session. Sometimes we call this the actual workout CrossFit, people would term it the WOD or the yep. workout of the day. Uh, whatever terminology you want, this is why you're really in the gym. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the reason you showed up, right? And and again, yes. going back to the previous podcast, like it depends on what the goal of the day is. You know, if it's a strength day, if it's a cardio day, like that's this is what will determine that. Yes. So let's divide this for just simplicity's sake into two sections strength workouts or we'll call it lifting weights yep and then we'll call it cardio does that work you pick either option yeah works for me is it is it a strength day or a cardio day and there's there's a lot of of different variations within those but i think that's a good place to start so under the strength day or the lifting weights day, I guess would be a better way to put it because mm-hmm. at some point being strong is different than doing some bodybuilding style of training right. or standard CrossFit type cardio or not cardio uh, circuit type training. Yep. In terms of lifting weights, we'll call it three basic workouts under lifting weights. The first workout is a strength workout. This is a workout that's designed to actually make you strong. So if you're listening to this and you need to get stronger for your sport, for your life, or for your vanity, I guess, or your ego, 
you're going to do a very specific type of workout. And the, the workouts Joe and I use, they're all influenced from a guy named A.S. Prilipin. A.S. Prilipin was a world-famous uh, Soviet sport researcher. He studied the logs of over a thousand world European national weightlifting champions, and he devised this chart. You can look this up on Google if you want. It's uh, the Prilipin chart, P-R-I-L-I-P-E-N. Look it up, Prilipin chart, and you, you can kind of see it gives you some guidelines on strength training. And if you really want to get strong, you got to follow the guidelines. And out of that, we've come up with four standard workouts, five sets of three reps at 80% one rep max, rest three minutes between sets, six sets of two reps at 85% one rep max, rest four minutes between sets, four sets of four. That's a pretty common one that a Mm -hmm. lot of people have heard of at 80% of your one rep max, rest four minutes between sets, and then six sets of one at 90% one rep max with five minutes rest between sets. For you CrossFitters out there, that would be the equivalent of uh, five heavy singles, I guess is what you would would call that. And there's those four workouts. Now, are those the only four, Joe? No. No. You could do a 10 by 2 at 80%. You could do a 5 by 5 at 70%. I mean, there's a lot of different formats, but we stick usually to these four basic formats. It's a a starting point, right? Because the Prilipin's chart, if you look at it, it's actually kind of hard to read at first. Um, Again, the more you use it, sort of the more useful it becomes. Um, But you'll know if you're... It's a question I get a lot is how do I know if I've got the right weight? Like, how do I know this workout's going to get me strong? And, And the easy answer is you don't. You don't know that. You're hoping through training that it'll happen. And you'll know in three months if you're actually stronger, right? Yep. But the chart does give you some pretty decent guidelines. And it's really important to remember that the fitter you are, the stronger you already are, the more true that chart becomes. And so yes. if you're kind of a novice lifter, almost anything is okay. And you can just kind of guess and feel. And over time, you'll get better and better and better. And that chart will become more and more clear as you go. If you're already ridiculously strong, the numbers start to matter way more than when you're just a novice lifter. And can so you what, define though, just just for my humor, can you define ridiculously strong? Because <laughs> in today's society, people think a 300 pound deadlift is ridiculously strong. Well, let's let's just go back to the standards that we listed previously, right? We've got our, yep. our 10 maximum standards. So, I mean, if you're doing like a, a two and a half times body weight deadlift, you're doing double body weight. Uh, squat, you can do body weight bench for 10. Like those are some pretty good, strong numbers. And I'd say at, at that point, you're at, you, you're at the level where the chart has meaning, has a lot more yes. validity. If you're a 300 pound guy with a 100 pound bench, like you just, you need to bench more. And and as that yeah, bench improves, sure. it'll start to make more and more sense. But the, the chart isn't exact. Like, like we're giving exact numbers, you know, five by three, six by two, four by four, six by one. The chart is like somewhere between like, five and 12 for something like 50 to 65 percent and then it'll give you an optimal number which is like the the absolute best number you can hit but then there's a range around that number so as long as you're kind of in that window you're gonna do some good my question for you bobby is why might somebody want to choose a five by three at 80 over a six by one at 90 like what's the difference between those workouts well there's a couple of reasons number one i would say individual differences because you'll hear people swear by the four by four format You'll hear people swear by the five by three format. You got to find what works for you. And you may find that a four by four at 80% works really well for you, Joe. And it doesn't work as well for me. They'll be effective, 
but one works better for a, a certain type of person. But again, this is for a person who's trained for five years. Yeah. This is for a person who knows the in and outs of training, who's for all intents and purposes, kind of maxed out their capability. Yeah. If you've never deadlifted before, don't worry about these numbers. I mean, I could, I could make an argument that if you've never deadlifted before, doing more push-ups and sit-ups would get you better at a deadlift. Yeah. Right. If you've never worked out before. Yep. Um, it, it, it's funny on that note, I was watching an old commercial about the shake weight the other day <laughs> and they came up with a number that the shake weight could increase your arm strength by 327%. And I'm watching this like this is pure bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> but if you took a person who'd been sedentary for 20 years and never lifted a weight, maybe it could increase their arm strength by 327%. Yeah. Because if you haven't done anything, anything's going to work. One of the questions I ask people is if you've never trained before, is doing Zumba going to help improve your deadlift? And they'll usually yep. laugh. But the answer is, like, yeah, I mean, you got up off the couch. That's a start. Anything will work up to a certain point. If you want to get past that certain point, you're going to need to work on the thing. Like you're going to need to grab a barbell and start actually deadlifting. But I mean, going for a walk could help improve your deadlift compared to not having done that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Now, the, the the second reason you would want to pick these is what I call the risk reward factor. So if you were to write these down on a piece of paper, five sets of three at 80 is the least risky is what I'll call it. It mm -hmm. also carries with it the least reward. This is more of a maintenance load for strength, I would mm -hmm. say. As you kind of go down the workout order, six by two at 85 percent, risk increases, but reward increases because 85% is going to be heavier than 80. You're going to get stronger, but it's also a little more dangerous. Yeah. Four by four at 80 is the next in what I'd call the, the risky category. And it kind of goes against what I just said, that, that heavier weight is more risky than lightweight. But doing four reps at 80%, that's a lot more than doing three reps at yeah. 80%. Yeah. A lot of people, when they do a set of three at 80%, they're never close to failure. Mm -hmm. Four sets of four at 80%, you might fail by the last rep. So it puts you in a disadvantaged position, right. I guess. Yeah. And six by one at 90 is the most risky, but it carries with it the most reward. Yeah, it's that, so that max, you, max effort training, that max, max effort type yeah. stuff. So if you play a sport like you're a power lifter where you absolutely need big numbers to compete and you're willing to take on a bit of risk, do a six by one at 90 or a four by four at 80. If you're a housewife or a lawyer or an accountant or a dad or you just want to look better, stick by five by three at 80. Because if you get hurt, you're not going to accomplish your goals. You know, and if you guys want more on this, there's articles on our website. You can go to our Instagram. Uh, you, 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 you can find this chart and these workouts. So don't worry about that. If you've, uh, kind of listened, but don't remember, we've got some resources for you. Yes. Yeah. It's a so lot, lot, lots of numbers, sets and reps and percentages. Yeah. It can get, it can get dry. Next thing with that, people will ask, well, can I do this for three different exercises in a day? Good fucking luck with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, going to, I will say, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, you're going to get hurt and yeah. you're probably going to be tired by that yeah. point. And yeah. if you can do it and you're not getting hurt or you're not tired, you probably aren't working off your proper e one rep maxes. Exactly. And, and I will say so if you're doing a six by one at a true 90%, like you are wrecked, like you can't tie your shoes the next day because it's so neurologically taxing. And I'm not, and, exactly and I mean, it's it. not, it's not even just like your muscles are sore and tired. Like that, that goes without saying, but like, like your yeah. brain is fried because of all, all the, the energy that it had to muster to be able to drive through yep. all of that. Pick one exercise. We like to pick the bench press, standing military press, overhead squat, deadlift, 
bench press, back squat, front squat. Um, but there are some, I suppose, some other things that you could pick. You also have to make sure that you know your one rep max. So yeah. using these workouts implies that you've tested before. Next kind of format would be in the lifting weights section or the strength section, I guess, would be standard bodybuilding protocol. Right. And, and this is, uh, Joe, three sets of 12, four sets of 15, um, five sets of 10, 10 sets of 10. Th- this is what you're going to read in most online training programs. Like any muscle mag, this is pretty much what what it is, right? Yeah. And everyone's done this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we could, we, could, we could talk about this for a while, but there are a ton of resources out in this area. I think the, the big the, thing to, to keep in mind here is like when you're, when you're doing a strength workout, like the goal is to be stronger. The goal is to be able to move more load, right? When you're bodybuilding, it that almost happens by accident. Like the goal in yes. a bodybuilding workout is the pump. You're just trying yep. to get those muscles big and pumped and flushed out, and that isn't going to happen. Uh, you know, say you're doing a five by three or even a, a six by one, you might get a little of that, but you're going to get way more if you're doing that. Like five sets of twelve, uh, three sets of ten. That's what you're going for. You're trying to find the right weight to elicit the strongest response in that in the pumpiness yes. factor. Yeah, and and as a general rule. These workouts are done at a lower percentage of one rep max than true strength workouts. Right. You're probably looking at something between 45% and 70% of one rep max for these. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the podcast, we talked about the lifting weights slash strength section. And then we contradicted ourselves a little bit by having a special category for strength. Bodybuilding workouts will make you stronger. Yes. Let me make that clear. Yeah. Circuit training will make you stronger. Let me make that clear but only to a point. Mm-hmm. And, and to demonstrate that, let's use the deadlift. If you start doing some bodybuilding workouts, your deadlift might go from 200 to 300 pounds. Yeah, It might even go up to 350 or 375. But at some point, you have to jump to that five by three, six by two, four by four, six by one kind of format if you want to increase your deadlift one rep max. So if you've been doing a standard bodybuilding protocol uh, workout or you've been doing uh, the next category we're going to talk about is circuit training, if you've been doing those and your one rep maxes have stalled out for the last six months, you need to incorporate specific strength training. Yes. But you can get strong. Bodybuilders are strong people. Well, think about it. I mean, strong people, bodybuilders. I mean, if if they're trying to get like bigger, thicker limbs, like they, they, I want thicker thighs, I want thicker arms, I want bigger calves. Like that, that bigger size is a bigger structure for you to lift off of, right? So if you've got the muscle there, your body can learn how to use that. It kind of makes sense. So even even going in and and you know doing bicep curls is going to make you a more durable machine. When it comes to testing itself, and that's why uh, I going back to the early days of CrossFit, this used to be on the the main website was uh, in the FAQ. I've bodybuilded for years. Have I wasted my time? And the answer was absolutely not, because now you're bringing in like this high level of durability and a an understanding of like what hard work feels like. Yes. And then you bring it to a different style of training. Like, no, you haven't wasted your time. You know, you just you were doing something different, and now you're trying something new. That that's cool. You know. So yes. it's not, it's not to say like. That there's no value in it whatsoever. Of course, there's value no. in it. But if, you're, if your main goal is a heavy deadlift, you just need a deadlift. And you're not going to get that doing sets of 10. For sure. And and this is why you'll see some people. I actually had an experience overseas. There was a bodybuilder I, I, I worked out with who looked great. Incredible physique. He's 240 pounds. Um, you know, a body that everybody would want. He could only deadlift 365. Yeah. And I say only. 365 is more than most people. Let me make that clear. Yeah. 
but he was kind of bummed up that I can do more than 600 and we're, you know, close to the same weight. And I mm-hmm. said, well, it's because I do specific strength workouts. You don't. Yeah. Here's where you have to start learning the skill. Yeah. So that segues into our next section of what I'll call the lifting workout, I guess, circuit training. And this, Joe, you're you're more of an expert in this than I. <laughs> this is your standard, obviously, because you had a CrossFit yeah, certification yeah. and ran a CrossFit gym for years. But circuit training is what most people would describe as CrossFitting. Yeah. And, and the easiest way, I think, to understand CrossFit, in essence, it comes down to a type of circuit training. And you're either going to do things for rounds or for reps, but there's always some kind of a scoring element. So you're going to pick a certain number of exercises, um, maybe three to five exercises, and you're going to cycle through those three to five exercises five times as quickly as you can. Or you're going to pick three to five exercises and you're going to set a clock, say 10 minutes on the clock, and you're going to do as many rounds within that time period as possible. And the idea is that we're, we're trying to measure as many variables as we can. So we want to be able to measure the weight. We want to be able to measure the distance we've moved the weight. We want to be able to measure the time components. And so if you, if you think about the, the mathematical formula for power output, right, it's force times distance over time equals power, right? So you, you have those different variables to play with. As long as you're maximizing power, you're doing it right. So if I can move 10 pounds, 10 feet in 10 seconds, I know exactly how much power I've put out. If I now move 11 pounds, 10 feet in 10 seconds, power has increased. In a different way, I could move 10 pounds, 11 feet in 10 seconds, or I could move 10 pounds, 10 feet in nine seconds. And all of those factors will increase the power output. And so the the circuit training can sound really, really complicated, but basically you're just doing things for rounds or reps. Try to mix it up. I mean, that's the the whole, uh, I'm making finger quotes here, muscle confusion right, is to not keep training the same movements all the time. Like try to pick different movements. CrossFit is is big on this, and I'm a huge fan of using as many like compound movements. Again, try to be athletic. Do athletic things. Do them for rounds or reps. Um, You know, some stuff, I I feel like it's kind of stupid to do under heavy load and under duress, like doing high high rep box jumps just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The odds of you slipping, falling, skinning your shin, you know, those become real. So you you have to pick things that you're comfortable doing and you have to build your capacity over time. Okay. So can I ask you a question? Sure. All your time over power, 12 feet, nine feet, a hundred feet, you lost me. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm off weeds right now. I have no clue what you were talking about. Can't I just put a weight on a bench press, a weight on a squat and get a box to jump on and maybe do 10 reps of each and go through five rounds. That'll work. Now you're just doing doing three to five exercises for three to five rounds. You're doing pretty good. Okay. And by that, I mean rounds because people get confused at rounds versus sets. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do 10 bench presses at 135. I'll do 10 back squats at 135. I'll do 10 box jumps. Then I'll do 10 bench presses again, 10 squats, 10 box jumps, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, takes me eight minutes and I call it a day. That's it. Is that a good, is that a good circuit training workout? That'd be a really good circuit training workout. Okay. What if I do bench press at 135 and I do deadlifts at 135 and then I do lunges with my body weight? Can I do 10 of each of those for five rounds? There you go. Could I do six rounds? Sure. Now, what I, what, what, what I will tell you is it, it, it's about finding the right duration, right? If you're going to do a two-minute workout, it has to destroy you. It has to be really okay. hard. If you're going to do a 20-minute workout, just by nature of the, the time element in that equation being long, your power output is going to be a lot lower, 
right? So, so it's just how much time do you have? Fill it with work. So in that case, we're talking about power output, but could I use pounds lifted as a metric for performance in this case? Yes, as long as that time is the same, because obviously you're going to lift, you know, more reps in a longer time period. If you're if you're working out today for 20 minutes and you do, I don't know, 200 deadlifts, but tomorrow you're only working out for five minutes, like good luck getting 200 deadlifts in five minutes now. Right. Yes. So, again, you have to balance that out. And maybe the easiest way to do this is just say just set a clock for about 10 minutes. And just go through yep. that as many times as you can. And if today you only got through three rounds, so let's say you're doing the, the bench, the deadlift, and lunges. And so you're going to do 10, 10, and 10, 10, 10, and 10, 10, 10, and 10. And you only get through three rounds in 10 minutes. Okay, great. That's what you did today. Next week you come back and you finish four and a half rounds. Are you fitter now? Is, like, this, yes. is this what the kids call an AMRAP? Yes. As many, as rounds, many rounds as, as possible, possible in a given time period? Yes. Okay. Now, a question for you, Joe. Uh, circuits seem to have listening to you speak about this, a a specific format, Mm -hmm. like 10 of one thing, 10 of another five rounds. Sure. Is it different if I just do max reps of stuff in 10 minutes? Like the workout format seems different to me. Set up a bench press, set up a squat, set up a box jump, just get as many as we want of each done. Uh, it's a different format, but is the workout effect that much different? Not that much. No. Okay. So, so, so that works. Seems- and, and this this is where people get really confused because it's it's almost like anything will fit in there, right? Okay. So if if strength training is basically moving, you know, a, a maximal load for optimal reps, circuit training is moving moderate loads, right? And trying to okay. actually maximize your power output. So we could call this then circuit style training, yeah. I guess, yeah. rather than circuit training. But it seems to me this could get really, really complicated. Or it can but, be the simplest thing in the world. You yeah. just you go to a website of a gym that you've been to, right? Maybe go to the CrossFit main site, look at some yep. of those workouts, and, and there you go. You've got something. You don't have to overthink yeah. it. Yeah. So it could be pretty simple is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so moving on, we're going to talk about cardiovascular workouts. So we've kind of done some lifting workouts. You're going to pick a strength workout, some type of circuit style training or a standard bodybuilding protocol Mm -hmm. session. Cardiovascular sessions, on the other hand, they're not aimed at getting your muscles stronger, but they're aimed at working your heart and your lungs. There's two basic types that we use, interval workouts and time trials. We'll cover time trials first because they're simple. Yep. 2,000 meter row for time, 5,000 meter row for time, a 5K run, eight laps around a track, a 10K run. We've all done one of these in some form of another in a physical test, in school, I mean, in school, it used to be eight laps around a track, which is two miles, Mm -hmm. um, which is what we used to do. But you're taking some cardiovascular effort, a distance usually, and and seeing how fast you can complete that distance. Yeah. And these these pretty simple. They they operate like benchmarks. You know, if it takes you an hour and 10 minutes to finish a 10K today and then you finish it in under 50 minutes next year, you got fitter. You're way more fit. Yeah. Now, it should be really hard. If you do a time trial and you walk away from that not tired, you did it wrong. Right. This is a max push. I'm not saying you should be dead afterwards or rolling mm-hmm. around on the ground like you're on fire, but you know, which a lot of people do, which is a pet peeve of mine. Yes. But you should be 
exhausted. Like if you do a time trial right, you should be, be able to say to yourself, I could not have gone a second faster. If you can, you need to go harder the next time. Yep. And we do a bunch of these. If you want a list of standards, go to the website, bobbymaximus.com. If you go to the learn section of Bobby Maximus and go under fitness and nutrition, you'll get 20 fitness standards and you'll see a bunch of time trials listed there. I've got 500 meter row, 1,000 meter row, 2,000 meter row, 1.5 mile run, 60 minute row, and different standards if you want to hit those. Intervals, uh, that's the next form of cardiovascular, I guess, training mm-hmm. that you could do. And it's really hard exercise periods followed by rest periods. That's the reason cool. the rest periods are there are so you can go harder during the work periods. Right. So the idea being if, if let's say we're going to take, a say, a six-minute period of time and you go as hard as you can. Like you're going to top out, like I don't know, maybe 70% effort, 80% effort, whatever that is. If we break it up into periods of work and rest by saying six rounds of 30 seconds work, 30 seconds rest, during those work periods, you're going to push harder than you would if it was one long consistent period. And so it's a way to, yep. to increase your output, even though it's in a short term, but averages higher. So if we're, our goal yes. in cardio is to get our heart rate up, Think about it. If you're sprinting all out for 30 seconds, during a 30-second rest, it's not like your heart just drops down to resting heart rate, right? It continues to beat hard, and then you hit another interval, and so your average heart rate is actually higher doing interval training than it is doing long, steady work. Now, now Joe, you've dealt with it. We've actually made fun of people for this. Mm -hmm. If you think circuit-style training is convoluted or can get confusing, interval training can get really confusing. (laughs) And everyone's got some magic format. I do Tabatas, which are 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. They're Mm -hmm. the magic. I do 15-15. I do 30-30. One minute on, one minute off. Two minutes on, two minutes off. 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off. At the end of the day, unless you're a professional athlete, it doesn't fucking matter. No, not at all. Just go really hard during your work period and easier during your rest. Yes. And the more rest you have, the harder you can go during the work. So if you're doing 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, you can go kind of hard for the 30 seconds on. Mm-hmm. If you do 30 seconds on, five minutes off, wow, you, you better go completely all out during yes. that 30 seconds of on work. So so make it relatable and honestly try an interval workout out and it will sort out itself. Yes, it will. Because you'll, you'll it will, your oxygen will starve you or your lack of oxygen will starve you out. If you don't have enough rest or you go too hard for the work period, I'd say overall heart rates close to 90% max heart rate for this entire workout. Yes. Yeah. One of our favorites, uh, six minutes of 30 seconds work, 30 seconds rest. You're going to do that three times. So it's really 18 total intervals. And between each six minute block or set, you'll get three to four minutes rest. We do this running, rowing, skiing, stairs. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other favorites you use, Joe? Because uh, that's one I just give people over and over again. There, there's an elliptical at the gym right now that I absolutely love because when you do the, the 30 second intervals, it it jacks the resistance way up. So you just have to dig in and just grind against the machine. And I absolutely love it. So you can do it on right. an elliptical. I mean, pick a thing. You could, you could yep. theoretically, you could do like burpees. You know, anything that gets your heart rate up, like just go, 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 rest. 
And if you don't know, again, use resources. You could get my second favorite exercise book of all time. It's called The Maximus Body. You could buy that. Um, aren't you going to ask me why it's my second favorite, Joe? <laughs> I was going to ask, what's the first? Arnold's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. Of course. Of course. That would have been That's my, my favorite. That's an yeah. all-time classic. I think it's yeah. the first workout book I ever owned, and I can't possibly – I mean, I'd like to say mine's better, but I, I got to give props to the man. Um, by the way, completely unrelated. <laughs> you know, people are like, well, he just – just looks big. He's probably not that strong. Did you see that dude drop? Yes. And the best part is Arnold didn't even know. He thought like the no. crowd jostled. Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, excuse gave me. Him a full on drop kick. And it just like <laughs> didn't even phase the man. So uh, as a 75 year old. So that's how you know that man is a solid human yes, being. Yes. He so is. legend status right there for Arnold. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he he's also the only person my son will admit to being more jacked than me. <laughs> because my son is a fan of Code of the Barbarian, the Terminator. But there are resources. So go buy a copy of Maximus Body. You can get it online. I think there's 10 or 12 interval workouts in there. Yeah. Or go to a, like a cardiovascular athlete, like an endurance athlete's website or mm-hmm. their Instagram and mm-hmm. see what interval workouts they're doing. There's a lot of this type of stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. And if I if I can make a pitch, one of the reasons I really like Bobby's book, Maximus Body, is because, like you said, there's already 10 interval workouts in there. Like, I don't need 50 to choose from. Like, 10 is enough. You know, if I need a recovery yes. workout, there's enough listed there that I don't have to think about it all the time. Most of the workouts that are in there are the workouts that I end up doing anyway because they, they work and I just don't have to, you know, invent new things all the time. And here's something I suggest to people. I don't think those are the only 10 interval workouts on the planet that work, you can add to the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you find an interval workout that you learned at, at, uh, I know Orange Theory does a lot of this stuff. Yep. Uh, Soul Cycle does a lot of this stuff. A lot Different of the, a lot of the machines at a Globo Gym have interval workouts built in them. Preset interval workouts. Yeah. yeah. So try something out. Again, people are so concerned with writing the perfect workout. Start trying it out, and you get better at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I could I could relate this to landscaping and in and hopefully some of you guys can relate, but Joe, my retaining wall in the back of my property is falling apart. Yeah. So all the railway ties that, that had made the retaining wall, they're all busted. And I have not addressed this for the last two years because of a lack of knowledge and fear. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. So this weekend I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna practice what I preach and I'm gonna get there out there and I'm just gonna start moving shit around. Well, in just a couple hours yesterday and Googling a couple of things, I've been able to figure a couple of things out. How to cap a sprinkler line, how to how to separate two railway ties that have been nailed together. All it takes is a sledgehammer and a bad mm. attitude, by the way. <laughs> um, but I've started carrying this stuff out and I am way further along than I would have been before those three hours. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm a little more confident and a little more confident. Now, am I confident enough to build a retaining wall yet that's 90 feet long? no. But once I get the area prepped, if you come over to my house, Joe, because you built a retaining wall before and just show me how to do five feet of it, I can probably figure out the rest. Yeah, yeah. And if I, and then when I do five more feet and five more feet and five more feet, by the end of it, I'm a pro and I can guess get a job as a landscaper. And, and, and that might seem like a silly example, but think about the first time that you ever had to change a light. Mm-hmm. Or work on your car. The reason you don't work on your car right now is because it's scary, but you're probably smart enough to figure it out. And it's the same thing with working out. Try some stuff out and the answers will make themselves clear. So you won't ask yourself the question of, well, which interval workout is the best for me? Try a bunch out and figure it out. Mm -hmm. On that note, 
It's also going to really, really help people besides figuring it out for uh, intervals if you have really good shoes. Absolutely. This is I'm, this I'm is almost lie. this is more important than the actual intervals that you choose. Yes. First of all, because your shoes need to be functional. Number yep. one, if you don't have good workout shoes, you're not going to get a good workout output. You could slip and fall and hurt yourself. But you always you also want to have what I call workout style. Yes. Yeah. But you want to talk about your shoes. You want to have some nice kicks. Yep. Or, or is it my basketball friends call them <laughs> some nice J's, which would be specifically the Jordan <laughs> brand. You also want to have a pair of Maximus shoes. Yeah. People are like, what kind of shoes are those? And think about how cool you will feel saying these are the Maximus. It yeah. does have a good name. Yes, it does. So go to Lalo.com, L-A-L-O, put in the code Maximus20 and specifically get yourself the Maximus shoe. It will also make you 12% faster, stronger, and better looking. Yes. You also, post-workout, need a good protein. Yeah, because again, you want to get all that you can get out of your workout. Yes, and after your workout, it's a known fact that your muscles are screaming for protein. Yes. So go to NITOR Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com, use the code Maximus Podcast and fill up. Hell, take protein pre-workout, post-workout, in the morning, before bed, middle of the night, just eat it all. Yes. That was a very good, that was a very good sponsor plug. I'm quite very proud good. of these. Yes. You're, that was the most seamless yeah. one, I think. Yeah, I think so. People thought I was going to say something serious. <laughs> so the last thing that we have to cover today, because we just, you know, I wonder if our sponsors are going to get mad. I don't know. Like no, nobody's complained so it. far. So I feel like no. we've got a precedent set. You know, hopefully they're not listening, but I feel like one day we're going to get called into Lalo head offices and they're going to be like, you fucking jokers, no respect for what you're trying to do. You guys are canceled. Um, So hopefully, you know, um, Okay, I am all off track now after the main event of the day or the workout of the day or whatever you want to call it. You're going to do some supplemental work. Uh, We're running out of time, so let's nuke this pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same thing is a specific warm-up and, and i would say the only the only real difference here is is that you can go to town on this now now you're not yes. worried about saving yourself like it i like to save the things i know i absolutely have to hit for this because i know i can hit them hard with no real concern about overdoing you're allowed it. To be tired you can't fuck up the main event now yeah exactly you're done the main event. this is dessert eat yep. whatever the fuck you want yep same right? same movement pool right same same idea we're trying to build some volume we're trying to build some structure address some weaknesses which if, if you're doing like a strength workout uh and and you, you've discovered that you have a, a particular sticking point like you can address that really aggressively with your supplemental work yep you know if if yep. you're uh we talked about this the last podcast if your workout was really heavy on on the breathing side, you might put some more structural stuff in here. If it was really heavy on, on the strength, like you want to put some breathing in here just to kind of create some balance. But my, my rule on that is, is just keep the breathing short. So I have yep. a under 10 minutes. Good to go. But isn't, isn't that, and I know I said this would be short, but I do have a question. Isn't that somewhat goal related too, though? I absolutely. Like if I just want to be strong and don't give a shit about my breathing, yeah. do I really have to breathe here? Not at all. No, I think there, there there could be some reasons that a particular athlete might choose to do that. You know what? Leave that for your coach. If yeah, you're if you're in general fitness, a good rule of thumb is do the thing you didn't do that day just to kind of keep it rounded. Yep. But here's the other rule. Don't fucking complain if you're not working on what you should be working on. Amen. So if you don't want to do cardio, don't complain that you have bad cardio. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to lift weights, don't complain that you're not strong because yeah. you kind of – 
you know, working out, it's a beautiful thing because you get what you put into it. Yes. Yeah. But if you only ever lift weights and don't breathe, you're going to have shitty cardio. Deal with it. Yep. Yeah. So be, be, be okay with that. Just own that. Let's put this together. You get into the gym, you do a general warm up, mm-hmm. 10 to 20 minutes, yes. depending on time. You do a specific warm up, work on some of your weaknesses, maybe some of your uh, things that your goal requires. Mm-hmm. If you need good shoulders, work in shoulder mobility, for example. Then you're going to move on to the main event and you're going to pick lifting workouts or cardiovascular workouts. In the lifting workouts, you can pick something out of the strength pool, a standard bodybuilding protocol or circuit training, Mm -hmm. circuit style training because it's not always a circuit specifically or a cardiovascular workout. Pick an interval or pick a time trial. Go Mm -hmm. nuts. Then you're going to finish off with a little bit of supplemental work. Great time to work abs. Yes. Just saying, abs are important. They're the show muscles. Uh, they're the muscles that are going to get you the girl, I guess, is how you put that. <laughs> although although I don't really feel for girls this day, these days, and, and, and we should ask Lisa this. We're going to have my wife on the podcast if six-pack abs are a deal breaker for people. <laughs> I really don't think that they are. Um, well, what, what, what's the phrase we go back to, Bobby? Uh, there's no bench press at the beach, right? Yeah, there's no bench press at the beach. Um, I think people care. I, I actually, I can't say that. I'll get, I'll get accused of being a toxic <laughs> masculinizer. I was, I was actually going to say, Joe, that I think people care more about your bank account than your looks. But I don't know if that, if that's proper. I, we're going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to like look yeah. into that. I got to find you a know, nice, a nice would, sociologist would, to look into that for me. Would you rather have? And we could include, like, you know, guys in this is, is to not be sexist. <laughs> would you rather have your partner have a great body or be rich? Yeah. You can only have one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know? So the last thing that you're going to do after – so well, wait, wait. I'm all off track now. So, so we, we, had did, we did our cardio stuff. We hit our supplemental work. Warm up. You have the main event. Then yeah. you're going to do supplemental work. It's basically the same as the specific warm-up, but you can go as hard as you want. Mm-hmm. And you're going to finish off with a cool down. So – what is a cool down? Well, it's your your chance to start your recovery process, right? Okay. And just like your general warm up, it's a chance to build volume. Okay. So again, if you're so, if you're training to run, go run. But this this should be at an easy pace. This should be uh, with the intent of just kind of getting some regular breathing, cooling down, heart rate slowly coming down in stages, so that by the end of this, you're 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 done. You're ready to go. Okay. So for the volume thing, Joe, we had referenced a number. If you ran a mile a day, if you worked out five days a week, so 300 days a year, roughly, and you ran a mile for the warm up, you'd run 300 miles yep. by the end of the year. We said that was 11 and a half marathons. Yep. So if you ran a mile for the cool down, we double that number. That's yeah. 600. So now we've done 23 marathons by the end of the year. Yep. If you're running 600 miles a year, you'd never have a problem running. No, not at all. If you're there five days a week, that's 10 miles a week. So there's the volume principle in action. For the meter example we gave, 1.5 million meters for the warm-up, double that, 3 million meters. Now, concept two sends you – I don't know if a person on earth does three – well, apart from Olympic rowers, right. does 3 million meters a year. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a lot. Talk to me a little bit before we sign off, though, about the recovery, because you had said that the recovery process starts right when you do your cool down. How does that work? Well, so so you come into the gym, right? You do your warm up, you do all your stuff. You've done your workout. It's it's actually very destructive. It's a stressor, right? That, and that's yep. the point is we're trying to push our body to the limit. The recovery is kind of a way to signal to your body that that has ended now. 
And so I think there's there again, just like in the in the the general warm up, there's two things. There's a physiological component and a psychological component. So psychologically, you kind of get into a place where like, okay, the work is done. Like I've been through the worst of it, and now I'm entering a period of rest. Right, rest and recovery should be the mentality that you have. So I think uh, just it, it kind of builds that habit, right? Just like at the beginning of the workout, you're trying to clear off your desk to get ready to work. Now we're kind of putting the workout away and we're moving on with the rest of our day. Uh, physiologically, so from the inside, it is signaling to your body like, hey, we've we've done all this damage. We've got all this this. I I I can't back this up with like hard science, but I always like to say like your body like has a bunch of gunk, right? You've done all these workouts and it's been burning like diesel fuel. So inside your body, in your blood is like smog like you know diesel fuel extract like there's gunk in there that needs to get out and so when you start that cool down process is when you're really kind of getting the body to a point where it's just moving those fluids right so get the bad junk out of the muscles bring the blood back to the core of the body let the lungs and the heart kind of clean that stuff out and then pump fresh blood full of nutrients out to the muscle where all the damage has been done and you're starting that building process immediately if you go home and you just sit on the couch for the next four hours you haven't done anything right the gunk is just yeah, so sitting there in the limb so this is a chance to kind of help start that pump so the analogy i use for people you ever burn something on the stove joe yeah and your house is filled with smoke mm-hmm. it's terrible right chokes yeah. you out yeah. smells bad you don't like it a cool down then essentially is opening the windows and turning on a fan there yep to like blow it. everything out yep all right this has been how to create a perfect workout so put these five components together and then make a workout. And here's the deal. I get that you still might be nervous. I get that you still might be scared. We didn't know this shit at one point, Joe. Right. We had to go into the gym and figure it out. Yep. And I, I copied shit from Men's Health. I've been reading it since, I don't know, 1993. <laughs> um copied stuff from other magazines that I can't name because my book's a men's health book. I, I so used to go to this archaic place they called a library and I would do this thing they yes, called checking library. out books <laughs> and taking You get notes. a workout book? Yeah. Do you remember what the best workout book of all time is? The uh, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding from Arnold Schwarzenegger and copies and stuff. Book. Yep. Yep. You could ask a person in your gym and you could try something out. Don't hurt yourself trying stuff out. Like use your head. Yeah, yeah. But if you try things out You'll start to build a library and you'll get more and more confident. It's amazing, Joe. I had a talk with somebody today how they kept saying they needed to get more fit before they came in the gym to train uh, with me. Believe me, as a, as a guy Why who not? owned a CrossFit gym for years, that was always, oh, I need yeah. to get fit. Why not just come into the gym and try it out? Yeah, just just start, but man. You don't just have start. to have everything perfect because everyone seems to want to wait for the mystical someday yeah. before they go into the gym. Why don't you just go and start trying stuff? Like, what's the worst that can happen? You're not going to, you're not going to screw yourself up. Like I get it with electricity. You might be scared to burn your house down. Yeah. But, and especially today, you know, you, you call it the library. It, it's funny how I guess I could have used that excuse 20 years ago when the internet wasn't this easily accessible. But with your phone or your smart device, the amount of information that you have access to, there's no excuse to not do this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we give you a ton of free resources. Yep. So use them. We don't put it out for the good of our health. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Cause you're-